Hello, this is the DEI Perspective, and I am Jessica Brown. I am here today with Miss Maggie Toole. She is a Port Huron native that was raised in Macomb County in northern Florida. She moved back to the Port Huron area in 1998. She studied liberal arts at SC4 and has a wide range of professional experience, including residential and commercial real estate sales, personal audio mortgage finance, and business office management. Her current role as Business Development Officer for Michigan Women Forward provides her with the opportunity to make a positive impact in the community by supporting the small businesses and entrepreneurial ecosystem of the Blue Water area. She is a second-generation American, born Mexican who loves tacos, mariachi bands, and diving deep into Mexican culture and history. Maggie, thank you for being with me today. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure to be with you today. Of course, we are talking about Cinco de Mayo, which we celebrate on May 5th every year. The holiday commemorates the day in 1862 when Mexico had a victory over France at the battle um, near Franco-Mexican War. Um, we are just going to dive in because obviously um, Mexican culture, along with many other cultures, are so important to our American history, and we want to always be mindful of what that looks like for ourselves. Can you share some information about yourself and your Mexican heritage? Yeah, so um, as far as Cinco de Mayo goes, of course, my, my mother loved all holidays, she was all about the holidays and all about her family, our family, and of course it's something that she very much enjoyed. But to this day, I don't know that that's something that she understood fully. Mm. And it's, it's crazy because I actually had a conversation with my son when I was coming on to this podcast. I had a conversation with my son, my youngest son, uh, who was 16 years old. Um, and I, ha- I had to ask him, like, do you understand what Cinco de Mayo is? Mm-hmm. And I mean, over the years, um, especially the last few years, when I really started to dive into my culture and uh, my ancestry, um, like I know, but I don't know that I actually ever talked to my children about it. And so thinking about this podcast and listening to my son and his answers and thinking about my mother and our past we celebrated it, but we were never explained what it means mm. or what it is. Yeah. It was just a chance for us to just celebrate our culture and enjoy food and family time. Whereas my son kind of had the same answer. Like that's, that's what I thought of Cinco de Mayo growing up. Um, but knowing what I know now, especially within the last few years, like I said, when I've really been diving in. I mean, I know there's a, a greater story behind just the margaritas, the tacos, the, you know, music and lights. There's a much more deeper meaning behind it. And I didn't understand that growing up. And I think a lot of Mexican Americans nowadays don't understand that either. Yeah, I think that's so important um, when you mentioned about the culture and your family and being raised with the traditions, not really diving into like what the background is, but appreciating what the heritage means. Um, And we also realize within other cultures, even the black Americans, when we talk about um, 
understanding black history and, you know, black history month and things like that. When we talk about national holidays, um, many people don't realize that Cinco de Mayo is not a national holiday in Mexico. Why do you think celebrating Cinco de Mayo instead of Mexico's Independence Day, which is September 16th, has become a tradition in the United States? Is it something you've ever talked about as a family? I know you mentioned <laughs> you, you didn't really dive into it, but yeah. when you think about it, like, you know. Yeah, okay, so... Um, I actually had to, you know, I thought about before coming here today, I thought about, you know, maybe I should learn more about this because growing up, I wasn't taught that, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought maybe I should kind of dive into that piece a little bit. And what I found was that, well, first of all, let me say I'm not a historian, (laughs) but I definitely have an opinion. Right, and you should. (laughs) Um, But uh, diving into it, I learned that... um, I guess Cinco de Mayo kind of started, obviously there were celebrations in Mexico, Mm -hmm. but it was from uh, California. They started that kind of celebration in Southern California and it kind of just went viral, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's why, you know, so many Americans nowadays, like that's, we are, whether, whatever culture, whatever race you are, they like to dress up mm-hmm. and like to celebrate and tacos and margaritas and who doesn't love a good party type thing. Um, but nobody really understands the real history behind it. And like I said, I'm not a historian, so please don't ask me any. I won't. <laughs> we'll stop there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that's just kind of, I yeah. mean, before the internet and before um, social media, I it just kind of naturally spread that everybody wants to everybody wants to have a good time. Everybody wants a reason to celebrate. And that was just another reason for them. They do. And, you know, to my next question, you know, now, especially in the climate that we're in, you don't want to feel like and this is kind of when we dive into the raw truth of, okay, if you're celebrating oh, then I know about Hispanic or Mexican culture, or I know about Juneteenth, if we're dancing and eating food. And um, I don't think, I think it's a wonderful and beautiful thing to bring all people together and celebrate. But it's, you know, the term you hear a lot about is that woke culture. You know, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. You know, when you hear about that conversations around cultural sensitivities and are we enjoying the surface things, the celebration, the eating and drinking. Yes, we love to do that. But when it comes down to things that affect our culture. Okay, I'm glad you asked. So um, let me address the whole woke culture, woke culture thing, right? Uh, First. So to me, when I think of that term, woke culture, um, it just reminds me of like back um, the beatnik terms, the beatnik term or the hippies terms. I think addressing something um, or an idea in a way such as, well, that's just the new woke culture is just another way of saying that I don't like change. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is. Like um, back in the 60s, you know, 50s, there was the beatnik, 60s, 70s, hippies. Nobody liked that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, the majority of the population didn't want to hear or think about those new ideas and ways where this new, which really isn't new at all because mm-hmm. it keeps happening generation after generation. That's how we grow as a people, as a nation, right? It's, it's this new woke culture is just another way of saying 
another way of complaining about change. So um, that in itself is a whole nother conversation, <laughs> right? <laughs> it is. And I think it's a conversation that we don't have enough um, because yes. even when we think about, uh, you know, it, it's been brought up a lot, like during, for an example, Halloween, you know, is it okay for it to dress up as, you know, indigenous people? Or is it okay that, you know, if we're dressed as a Mexican, we can wear fake costumes and fake mustaches and big hats? What is that really saying about the culture um, and how we need to honor culture in a different way and honor it within the authentic, the, the authentic history that comes with it? Do we want to learn about different cultures and respect the traditions in a way and how it's honored in the families. We just look at it as, oh, you know, it's Mexican-American. Let's do that. And then when it comes down to discrimination, bias, threat to one's safe environments, we turn the opposite cheek because it's uncomfortable. Or bias or derogatory language mm -hmm. that separates a group. When we think about Hispanic-American, we had a panel discussion here. You were a part well, of that. Well, can I go back just Absolutely. a second? Sorry. Please do. You're yeah, good. So um, there's something that you said, and you said something that really like rung a bell, mm -hmm. cultural sensitivity. Yes. I think that's what's most important. It's yes. not so much about appropriation, right? Mm -mm. It's okay. You want to wear a sombrero at Halloween time? I mean, it's okay, but let's think about this. Like, okay, so you'll see comedians go on stage and talk about different cultures and talk about different ways of life, something that's mm -hmm. different to the audience, right? Right. And I think that comedy plays a huge role in our lives. We need it. It's a coping mechanism. We need it for a lot of many reasons mm -hmm. in our society. But I think, and this is where the whole woke, and I, <laughs> I wish people could see me with my quotes, right? <laughs> this is where the whole woke generation right. might come into play. Like, it's, it's understanding the difference between, understanding the difference between respecting and celebrating yes. a certain way of life or culture and um, making fun of that way of life or culture or emphasizing the stereotypes of Correct. that culture. And I think that's what the whole woke generation is kind of doing right now is trying to bring attention to or trying to differentiate between those two things. And I think that's important to, to note. Like, I don't mind if somebody's going to wear a sombrero at, at um, Halloween, but if they're acting like a drunk Mexican, if I'm going back to my days as a child, this is way before the whole woke generation, right? I'm, right. When I was a very young child, I remember seeing actors on TV or comedians or or even just people in my everyday life portray Mexicans mm -hmm. as the drunkard or the, you know, mm -hmm. walking around, you know, flaying their hands or just not um, very intelligent. And as a child, I remember thinking that's not how we are. And I didn't like it back then. That, and I, I had no idea where my life was going at that time. I had no idea who I was going to be, or I was gonna be sitting here talking to you today about it. But 
there are people like it affects when you're on a stage mm-hmm. or when you're performing for people or even if you're just dressing up in a Halloween costume, what you're acting, how you're acting and what you're doing says a lot about what you think about that culture. Correct. I agree. And I think we in DEI talk about, you know, the microaggressions. We label things to educate. And I think people center themselves around, well, you're being too sensitive. Now I don't know what to say. Um, Now I'm, I'm afraid to say things. And I think that is just an easy way out of really looking on the outside in, that it's really about self perspective and self-evaluating where your thoughts are and if you're if you feel guilty about saying something about a particular group or joking about it it's self-awareness you know no one wants to judge you but I think that is a lot of the conversation too like the jokes at first you would laugh and then you would think about it like yeah I don't know if that is funny (laughs) you know but we we're so Americanized you know in other countries you may get a real big punishment for saying certain things now we get away with saying everything um and so we need some accountability there and I think it goes connects to the discussion that we had um during Hispanic American month where we had our panel discussion and you were part of that yeah Um, and that was awesome we had it here at SC4 last fall Um, And so a support group for Latino and Hispanic Americans were formed. We always are thinking about, you know, what that looks like for all of our community members here. But especially when we're talking about culturally, how can others contact someone um, Hispanic living in the community looking for support? Because I think that's a lot of the conversation now is we've having conversations that we didn't have maybe 10, 20 years ago that now the woke culture is saying, you know, listen, yeah, yeah, this is real and, and we got to stop and ignoring it. I'm glad it. that it's happening. And yeah. I appreciate SC4 and Heron Stanley so much for inviting me to be a part of that. And it did um, spark a new conversation within the Hispanic community about what is missing and what is needed in our community as um, a subculture, right? So um, since then, we have started um, to form a Hispanic Alliance of St. Clair County. Um, We're working on our articles of incorporation right now. Um, The name of our group, as long as it's approved by the state, is the Hispanic Alliance of Southeast Michigan. Um, We are in the process of filing all of the proper documents for that right now, but if anybody wants to join, sit in, whether they're Hispanic or not, um, we welcome anybody. Nice. Age, sex, race, come listen. If you want to learn more, just come and listen. If you want to be involved, come and listen and partake. Um, but we meet, we, ha- we don't have um, set meeting dates just yet because okay. right now we're in that filing stage and the, okay. the forming stage of the whole um Nonprofit, and that's what we're doing. Okay, forming a nonprofit. Um, but I think SC4's Hispanic Heritage Month celebration kind of perpetuated, like, really helped start that. That brought us together and made us realize how much we have in common and how much the Hispanic community is actually um, in need mm-hmm. of leadership and guidance and multitude of a multitude of things so 
And I'm sorry, Maggie, what, how, if someone is interested, how can they contact you? Um, or? Yeah, contact me. Um, I'm on Facebook. My cell phone number and email address are publicized <laughs> everywhere because that's been my job forever. Okay. <laughs> um, Jessica Tai is our president. Oh, okay. Contact her. Okay. And um, yeah. Okay. Either one of us. And what's your email just for um, So my email, my email is mtool at miwf.org. That's so, uh, that is so great, Mag. You know, Maggie, we, one more point I want to make in regards to the discussion. Um, it was a really emotional panel mm-hmm. um, because it tapped into so many experiences. Like you say, you, you were, it was different experiences, but the Mm -hmm. commonality of everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. And within our minority groups, whether it's Hispanic, Asian, African-American, Black, um, it was indigenous, uh, our communities to say, you know, a lot of our stories are similar in terms of the struggles, um, wanting to be seen, wanting to understand the individuality of it all, but afraid to share our voices. and so it is great to see that more communities are trying to come out because I think there's there was also a fear there. Yes. That people were like, if I share too much, I don't want the spotlight. I don't want to create any you know additional waves. But those and, times are over. And you that's part I mean? of our, yes, I agree with you. And that's part of um, a lot of our culture. That's part of our upbringing. Like we don't want to shine too much. We shouldn't be in this, but we shouldn't brag about ourselves. But every culture, every ethnicity needs leadership and that's really one of our goals with the Hispanic Alliance of Southeast Michigan is to kind of um, help develop those leaders within our community and that's what is going to bring the community together you know that's the whole mission you know we talk about this in DEI all of the time it doesn't have to be as difficult as it as we can make it as humans it's really just trying to come together to learn from each other and then celebrate that's where the food and drinks come in yeah (laughs) that's our favorite right right (laughs) well maggie it has been a pleasure having you we look forward to celebrating cinco de mayo and everything that comes with the beautiful heritage of mexico and just understanding more of what we can offer together as a community and we hope to have you back again thank you so much for having me And this has been the DEI Perspective.